Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Twenty-five thousand eight hundred minutes. <laughs> How many matches do you see in a week? <laughs> Ray Wyatt, <laughs> <Danny> Roman, <laughs> Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the Wizard of Pod, Hal Lublin. I'm joined in the booth by my fellow members of the nation of conversation, the female phenom, Daniel Radford. Hi. And the sensei of gratitude, Mike Eagle. Can we secede as the nation of conversation? Yeah, we're our oh. own sovereign nation. I, like I made yeah. I made us stamps. I, love- I think that's all it takes. <laughs> I think you just take stamps. They're star-shaped because we're all superstars. I love it. Aww. Coming up on this week's show, the battle lines have been drawn, the latest chant rant, our first special wrestler, and a lot more. But first... We've got what will thankfully be the only pay-per-view in November to talk about. We've made it. Only one pay-per-view. They're, they're network events right now. I think they're network events. Network li- events. Because live events are what they call house shows now. Because yeah. I kept confusing them with live events. And someone was like, no, that's a house show. Yeah. I was like, oh, why can't we just say house show? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the hell they are. We only have one of them to watch this month. I don't know what weekend it is, but I'm sure it's soon. And as WWE <laughs> continues to build towards Survivor Series, both shows this week were organized around making the pay-per-view a battle between SmackDown and Raw. Uh, let's look at a few of those. So first of all, on Raw, uh, for the right to challenge Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title, we had Sami Zayn versus Rusev. Sami Zayn goes over. So in two weeks, see, it's written into the script. Thank you, Julian. Uh, they're going <laughs> to face off. So Danielle, Ziggler and Zayn, they're two very talented performers in the ring, but they're also two of the losingest losers. Oh, boy. You never show. told a lie. <laughs> now, where is the lie? <laughs> I don't have it. There's not one to be found. <laughs> I'm fresh out of lies. I checked my pockets and a fly came out. <laughs> Now, do you think that fly means, in I, your that means I'm poor? <laughs> I'm poor in lies. Why you just got flies in your pocket? Well, you shouldn't have a fly. In That's your pocket. my business. I'm a walking science experiment. You guys. Well, now you've lost your fly looking for lies, though. I know. I feel bad. My lie fly is gone. Mm. Bye fly. Bye bye lie fly. <laughs> Danielle, if you remember what I just said before, sure. Do you think? This is an opportunity to maybe help shift the perception of either of them a little bit or both. Like, who who gets the shine coming out of this match? Um, I think both of them do, for sure. And I think that this this feels good to me because this isn't... And uh, please, you know, sometimes full runs of wrestling, my brain will just block them out in my head because it happened too many times. But I believe this is... It, they haven't done a Ziggler-Zane-Long program before, have they? No. So this isn't one of those things where you're watching someone who's beat Ziggler like eight times. Mm. This is something fresh, and that's really exciting for me. Getting to see Sami Zayn on my TV more is really exciting to me. Like, I think this move to... I, I think that what happens is Zayn goes over and they keep him on SmackDown. Or... Okay. 
or they just move them over to SmackDown and they continue this feud and then they um, fight forever, but not that kind we like. <laughs> they, they just fight forever. They'll fight forever where nobody asked for it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Match 80. <laughs> Best of 7,000 series. <laughs> um, but I do think that, um, I think that it, does very well for Zayn to move out of that crowded raw three hours and yet it's still so crowded but I think it does good for him to move out of raw and put him on Smackdown where he can get a little bit more shine if Smackdown is the wrestling show then you know put the dude who you know he's got two things he's good at skanking and wrestling so because it's not Spanish he's a pretty gay he's a pretty great skanker he's pretty great at skanking not as good as I am no I'm a pretty good skanker you guys don't see I mean, the skanking you going got the sit down skank style. You got yeah. the sit down. Very yeah. impressive. If I stood up, it would be too much. <laughs> Do you know how many flies would come loose from me if I just stood up and started skanking? I'm a responsible citizen, so I do not do that. So, Mike, Danielle has laid out a scenario where Sami Zayn goes over, wins the title, winds mm-hmm. up on SmackDown. Do you think that's the best outcome of this? How would you book it? Uh, for those who didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown yet, um, Daniel Bryan was had proposed and kind of announced yesterday that he has set up some arrangement with Raw where which um, there is a cruiserweight match between. Uh, Isn't it Kalisto? Oh, is it Kalisto? Right. Okay, so Kalisto yeah. versus uh, versus mean... Bryan Kendrick, and if and the, and if Kalisto wins that match. The cruiserweight championship in the entire division moves to SmackDown. Oh, so what okay. I think is okay. likely to happen is that they're going to move the cruiserweights to SmackDown and move the Intercontinental Championship to Raw, which bothers me quite a bit when I when I think about it, and I think about why, and I and I and I think the reason was it kind of it, it reminds me of that old Raw attitude of if something's going right on SmackDown, you just take it. Yeah. And <laughs> since the cruiserweight thing isn't going that well, they'll just jettison it to SmackDown. And, and it would make sense. By Rich Swan. I'm actually starting to. I, I hated Rich Swan. Like the first four times I saw him, I was like, all this unnecessary dancing is no, it's, it's no. Not, it's not good for me and my heritage. I don't like it. But but I'm, no, I'm starting no to get night into long. it. No night long for you? <laughs> yeah, no. I love how he sings his own theme song under his breath while he's walking to the ring, too. Well, that's because he can't do all night long anymore. So he's used to, like, you've seen that, right? I think I've seen it once. Yeah. So he's he's used to having that thing where he comes out and Lionel Smooth sings him on out to the <laughs> ring. Um, With the same dance moves as, as the ones he's doing now? Same Yeah. It's okay. the same. So nice. Let the music play on, play on. Oh, and then everyone claps and then the audience sings it. I like that. Um, but obviously, they're, I guess they're not paying Lionel Richie for the rest. You got to get, get to that CM no. Punk level before they yep. will license yeah, yeah. a song for you. And your own ice cream bars. All right, I'm going to throw out a quick uh, booking idea of my mm-hmm. own. 15-minute uh, Broadway for the IC title. Zayn continues to smack down to challenge, and then you go to triple threat with The Miz and let, let all that shake out. But it, but it, it motivates Zayn to smack down. Callisto goes over Brian Kendrick. Nah. They get the they get the cruisers, mm-hmm. but then they put them on two oh five live. Right. Yeah. So they have their own show, which is what they should have done anyway. Now will this happen? No. Of course it won't. It's another great how booking idea. You know what? I mean, you're gonna get pretty close. I just yeah. think all that all of that three way stuff you're talking about is gonna happen on Raw. 
Yeah, I do think that you're going to get pretty close with Kalisto. The one time fucking Kalisto gets to go over and he, and he takes the whole division with him. <laughs> well, maybe he'll be in it where he belongs. That he does. Sense. He yeah. does belong. Kalisto's right. great. All right. Now looking at another upcoming match for Survivor Series. The Raw women's team has added Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox in addition to Bailey, Charlotte, and Nia Jax. That's a lot of weave. It is a lot. So much fake hair. <laughs> Look, WeaveCon oh. 2016 is going to be huge, guys. <laughs> there is going to be panels with each of the weaves. Oh. They are doing signing tables. I am tables. so allergic to this event. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all love Bailey and Sasha, and uh, apparently so does Glasgow. Me the honor. Thank you. She got shook. She got real shook. A bunch of time things. I mean, we've already proven the world don't like women. You ain't got to be like, I'll hail your queen. It's never going to work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's never work. What are you even saying? These <laughs> I did like that. I like that attempt. That one was solid. Well, if, like Charlotte, you didn't know what they were saying, they were singing, hey, Bailey, I want to know if you'll be my girl. Sure, it was a fun moment. The crowd was happy to have a rare overseas Raw all to themselves, but I'm going to throw in a little of my own color here, if that's all right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> really? <laughs> Be, show some respect for the fucking show. You don't go to Hamlet. <laughs> I'm a, I, you, y'all can't see side-eye through. I, like They haven't created that technology yet. Where you can see how hard look, I'm side eyeing well, now for bringing up Hamlet. I get it if you go, look, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the play is. You can't go to like Death of a Sales and be like, hey, Willie, make some sales. <laughs> make or, some sales, Willie. You go there and you start going, Hamlet, we love Hamlet. Hamlet, we love Hamlet. Hamlet, we love Hamlet. It's time for the Hamlet show. Hamlet! (laughs) (laughs) Mike, there are a lot of situations where the crowd kind of goes into the hijack the show mode, as they did in this example, and there there are a lot more. Uh, As a home viewer, does that affect your enjoyment if the crowd is, like, chanting CM Punk in the middle of a match or a promo? I think it's bad. I think it's it's bad, but I also think that... A lot of times the WWE sets the table for that themselves. They 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 make the bed for that themselves. Um, I think that crowd. I mean, this is an excited group of, of of wrestling fans gathered together in Scotland where they've never had a RAW, and the very first thing you give them is smarmy ass Stephanie McMahon <laughs> coming out and condescending everyone. And I think you set the table for that. I think that, like, you got to do a little bit of fan service. You got to let them get involved and do some things, and then they get it out of their system. Right. If you notice, they chanted all through Charlotte's promo. They, they, they didn't even let Bailey talk singing her, I mean, you know, singing her praises while she's trying to cut a promo. They didn't stop until Sasha said it along with them. It's like... All they needed was a little bit of acknowledgement, mm-hmm. and then it diffused the whole thing. It's like yeah. dudes on Twitter where they're just like, keep like, hey, hey, I hate you, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I hate you, hey, feminazi, hey, and you're like, well, you can you not? And I was like, well, at least you acknowledged me. <laughs> <laughs> Pet my head and tell me I'm special. <laughs> I need eyes. But yeah, look, I, I'm. I, let me adjust my statement from before. (laughs) I am all for crowd participation. I mean, look, it's been 15 years since the what chant Mm -hmm. was introduced by Austin. It's still used. It's still somewhat entertaining when it's used. But also you get, like, there are different types of crowds. If you go to, to, 
like Philly, for example, that crowd knows how to be a wrestling crowd. They Chicago, know how to how yeah. to chant, when to chant. Chicago, L.A., like they understand the, sort of the the social contract, the implied social contract. But you're in Scotland, show. and it's you know it's soccer hooligan type yeah. culture, and yeah. you got to be aware of that as a company and and what you're presenting out there. They had those girls out there. And none of these girls are trained on the indies, really, or right. have, like, old-school territory experience where they know how to defuse a situation like that. So they all kind of dare in the headlights, you know? Yeah. And I think, as a company, they have to be more aware of the product they're putting out and the people they're putting it out to. And they know that that happens in the U.K. because that stupid chant happened when NXT went over to yeah. um, London was when they started doing that. And I hate that. They 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 do that stuff where they'll be like, we want Bailey or blah blah blah, and then like Bailey will be there and you don't let her talk or do nothing. It's like you here's Bailey, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. what you. It's what you're asking for. You asked for Bailey. You so got the, Bailey. Where do you draw the line, Danielle? Where be, between a crowd being really hot and celebrating wrestling together, or versus just trying to get themselves over to distract from the end product, which is not what I'm saying. The crowd in Scotland does, but mm, but did. there are cra- but. I, I, Yes. And there are a lot of crowds that do. <laughs> this is premium. Remix. Look, I'll do an old school John Cena. Didn't hear that? Let me take it back. Let me ask you this. This is premium hosting camp that you're all going to right now, listeners. This is how it's done. Where, where do you draw the line between the crowd getting themselves over versus their, their part of the show? Because it does seem increasingly, it seems like it's more of a problem now than it's ever been. And I know the Attitude Era was really the start of that chant along, we're going to lead you into it. Where, where do you draw the line? Yeah, it's I. It's hard because I hate when crowds try to get themselves over, but I was part of the crowd that did this to us, guys. That Daniel Bryan thing in Seattle where he was there <laughs> and they were trying to do the unification ceremony or whatever the fuck that was and everyone was just chanting yes and they were chanting for Daniel and that was what started like the yes movement was like a real thing. I was there as a dick. Like I was chanting for Daniel. So that's hard, but it's also like I feel like if Daniel would have started talking or doing stuff and when someone acknowledged Daniel, we all shut up. And so it is one of those things where it's like Bailey's there. Mm-hmm. She's there. Let her cut her fucking you wanted her. Like, you got yeah. the thing. You said, I want thing. And they were like, here's thing. And you were like, I want thing. <laughs> like, she's still, she's right there. So, like, I don't, at a certain point, it's just, it's not about what's happening in the ring. They're having fun chanting and laughing. It's like the vocal version of some fucking jackasses doing the wave. Like, it's not, <sighs> there's a time for that kind of fun and enthusiasm. And I understand it when you're trying to, sh- to prove a point to management. <laughs> When you're trying to say, like, hey, you, you're not doing enough for this thing, so give us more of it. But, like, at that moment, management was giving you more Bailey, and, they're, and obviously they're showing that she was going to be an important part of the Survivor Series match. She was going to do, like, the whole thing. So, like, yeah, let her – she's doing it. And if you guys are making it look like she can't do the job, and part of her job is being able to control the crowd while she talks about whatever, she's going to stop getting those opportunities. So, like, you want her, stop fucking it up for her. Well, this is a subject we're definitely going to revisit going forward. A lot more to talk about there. But moving over to SmackDown. <laughs> America's sweetheart, Alexa Bliss, had her much-anticipated title match with Becky Lynch. And Lynch won after Bliss tapped out to the disarmor submission maneuver. But, plot twist, Alexa had her foot on that bottom rope. Danielle, 
clearly the plan is to keep Alexa Bliss in the chase for the title. And and it was a great match, but Lynch inadvertently cheated to win. Do you think this is the best way to have her retain? I always hate that thing of like, well, the ref didn't say it, but womp, 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 womp. It's like one of my least favorite stories in wrestling of the thing of like, you know, well, she won, but not really. And now they have to fucking fight about it for fucking four months or to road to WrestleMania. It's just my foot was on a thing. The way you're going to do the, the big dramatic package where it's like, a monster. And you just see her foot slow motion go on the bottom. A monster. Like, what do you, how do you do that? Like, I just don't, it, it's one of the, the, Face inadvertently, accidentally got the win when they shouldn't have because the officials can't do their fucking job is like one of the worst things. If it's going to be the official didn't do their fucking job, something has to happen. It can't just be like, I didn't fucking see it. It's your job. Right. I didn't, there's a TV. I've been there. And that's, you know, and there's a big TV. You didn't see it's on. It's the thing. It's on the thing. And they're also inconsistent with how they treat it storyline wise because half of the time, an authority figure will come out and restart the match. Yeah. And the other half of the time, they act like that other half never happens mm-hmm. and that whatever the official says is final. And I think that that's part of what makes it annoying, too. It's so yeah. annoying. Yeah, no, the the uh, uh, the officials can't do their jobs thing is, like, the, I think that's my fa- like least favorite wrestling trope. It's one thing if you have someone come out and distract them. It's one thing if you have someone come out and beat their ass. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if it's like a superstar, like a wrestler, and they're doing it on purpose. But if the dude's just like, I don't fucking know. It could be any fucking thing. Burp, 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 burp. Like, he doesn't get a 401k. I'm sorry. You can't. Like, how many mistakes do those dudes make before you get fired? <laughs> well, uh, a lot. <laughs> Mike, Becky Lynch, still the champion, but she's also not the captain of the SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team. That honor, of course, is going to Nikki Bella. Now, do you think that hurts the perception of Becky as the top woman on SmackDown? Yeah, it does. And they're doing that thing where they're kind of trying to make both of them top stars by keeping Nikki away from the belt and focusing on Becky, which I think works. But, I mean, Becky should be the captain. And I think they haven't done a very good job of explaining why she's not. Um, But just, just for a second to go back to the match... I don't so much mind the ref weirdness thing as being a way to keep the feud going. But in that particular instance, so uh, Alexa has her foot on the deal, but she's also she also taps out and the ref calls that. The next thing we see for about a good, I feel like, 10, 20 seconds is like Alexa... I mean, you know, camera face flush on her because it's like that side of the ring camera. And it's just her selling her arm for like 10 or 20 seconds in the most baby face looking like, oh, my God, her arm hurts because <laughs> it almost got ripped off. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that that does a disservice to the storyline. I think that what they probably wanted to have or should have maybe had her do there is freak out and throw another tantrum and attack yeah. the ref or do something to get some more heat. Yeah. Because right now it just looks like. Becky did something sneaky, whether it was on purpose or not, you know? Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. I don't know, guys. I'm going on no sleep. I understand. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. We we record these on Wednesdays. You all understand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't even. Now, final piece of news. 
We thought we knew who was going to be on Team SmackDown for the men's Survivor Series match, but surprise! Now that Baron Corbin. Now that Baron Corbin has been kayfabe injured, it turns out Shane O'Mac will return to the ring as the fifth member of Team Blue. <laughs> what is that song, by the way, that you were doing? The pay per view song? <laughs> what? Went for the video package? A monster! A monster! Turn into a monster! Now, Mike, <laughs> does Shane oh. returning to the ring excite you at all? Not and, even no? a small amount. So, you don't think he has any impact? He doesn't, he doesn't add any importance to the pay per view? I just don't, you know, he's exciting as an idea but as an <laughs> as an in-ring Shane. performer he's not the guy like that man like i don't know i, I feel like they do stuff like this as band-aids to mask the fact that they have not built stars and that's all i see like yeah shane's there great but like you know put that's that's a wrestler's spot that's a spot for somebody who's going to travel around and make house shows you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, you know, I just, I don't, it doesn't do anything really for me personally, no. Okay. Danielle, final word to you. The positive <laughs> thought on this <laughs> is that it adds a little bit of shine to the Survivor Series, which it usually lacks. But the negative thought, of course, is that it's putting an authority figure over when they should just be putting superstars in there, as Mike said. Uh, what do you think this is more of if that's a scale is it, are we closer to, this is a good thing for Survivor Series, or are we closer to Mike's opinion? You are, I mean, I, I'm seeing wrinkles in between your eyes. I didn't know could, a person could make. What the, what the fuck is he going to do? What is he going to do? He's, he's going to bump in. around. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna dance around. He's going to get sweat everywhere. <laughs> he's going to throw some terrible punches. He's going to throw some terrible punches, and then he's going to get out before someone steps on his shoes. Mm. That's it. That's what's going to happen. He's going to come in. The best thing about him is going to be what fucking Air Force Ones he's wearing. That's going to be the most important thing about Shane's entrance. I don't, no one care. Like, I don't understand. I don't put a, like, what is he? So now it's a four on five? <laughs> hey, you're talking about a former European champion here. You know, the, you, know, you know what the fun thing about Shane even <laughs> even used to be was first of all it was the bumps and mm -hmm. second of all you're like this is the damn owner's kid you don't expect him to be taking all of these amazing bumps he's already taken his bump for the year folks yeah uh, he did it yeah so and now whose finisher is he gonna do everybody's <laughs> man are we gonna have two dudes in there in jeans this is so terrible hey, he wears warm-up pants <laughs> He's always dressed like he like was going to work out, but instead he had to go pick up the kids. Yeah. You know what he dresses like? To me, he dresses like a substitute art teacher. <laughs> hey, guys. My name's Shane McMahon. You can call me Mr. M. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're working on with Miss Weebly, but I figured we'd just break out the modeling clay and see where it goes. Yeah. You guys want to watch some movies? I brought Pulp Fiction. <laughs> don't tell the principal. <laughs> the conversation on wrestling doesn't stop here. But it should. It should. <laughs> this should be the end of wrestling conversations. We're so far off the rails. Uh, if you want to chat with us about these topics or that song, a monster, <laughs> or, a monster. <laughs> or whatever else is on your mind in the business, Go to Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights. When we come back, we're debuting a brand new series for the show that we think you're going to enjoy. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also like... Funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me, as usual, to talk about all things wrestling are Danielle Radford. Danielle Radford. And <laughs> Michael. Michael Eagle. Oh my, it's like we finish We're each other's sinks. 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 Wow. This show is all about the love of professional wrestling, but everybody's got that one wrestler who they especially mark out for. That one guy or gal who's not just good, but special. And we wanted to invite some folks on to discuss who that is for them in a new segment we call My Special Wrestler. Hmm. Here's our first guest. Hi, my name is Asterios Kokonos, and I would like to be identified as such. I'm a comedian and a newly minted author. My special wrestler is Daniel Bryan. I know that's obvious. I'm going for it. I care too much to try to be clever about this. I want to be WWE Champion for one reason and one reason only. And it's not for the fame. It's not for the glory. It's so that everybody knows and it proves that when I step foot in this ring, there is nobody better than Daniel Bryan! So why does Asterios love Daniel Bryan so much? Well... Aside from his awesome ride of the Valkyries entrance music, it's because the undersized, bearded athlete represents the ultimate underdog. Sort of in the same vein as other WWE overachievers throughout the years, like Mick Foley, and not like Roman Reigns. You can try to convince me all day that Roman Reigns is an underdog. I don't buy it. This guy's gigantic, and he's super good-looking. Almost as good-looking as me. But a Mick Foley... You stack the deck against a McFoley, and I am worried, and I am scared, and I want this guy to win. And that's Daniel Bryan. I mean, really, Daniel, you're like, what, five foot eight? Maybe 200 pounds? And, well, we can't all be supermodels. Daniel Bryan's okay, but first appearance on a major WWE stage had him kicking John Cena in the head and yelling things like, crazy spots. He does that crazy monkey flip spot where he runs up a turnbuckle and does a backflip and shows up behind you and then punches you and stuff. He's doing this thing where he flies between the top and second rope with his arms stretched out, punching you with both of his hands. He's he's doing everything. What's Daniel Bryan going to do here? Looking to pick up the pace. Looking to electrify the WWE Universe. That's what Daniel Bryan's all about. People skip over the middle part of Daniel Bryan a lot. 
And I don't think that is smart because I think his best stuff is as a heel. He's the kind of heel that I think the WWE doesn't do well in general, which is that he was a cowardly heel, but he was a very smart cowardly heel. Now, now, wait a second, wait a second. Don't tell me that all you people have bought into what they're saying on the message boards and on the chat rooms and all that kind of stuff. Those people are saying that I intentionally goaded Mark Henry to get disqualified and take the easy way out. Those people are wrong. That, that, that is a load of of dung. I'm talking to you, Heyman Rules 512, okay? That is a load of dung. So here's what people don't remember about the yes chant. It's that it was originally a heel move. Because Daniel Bryan, this cowardly, craven, despicable bad guy, is heading to the ring and he is cheering for himself. Wait a minute. Daniel Bryan hasn't done anything. He's escaped with the title week after week after week. And he's struck around out here like he's the, the greatest world champion of all time. <laughs> well, how do you he's saying, yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, I'm the greatest. Yes, I'm the best. I love the yes chant. Now, here's the thing. When Daniel Bryan does start his way to the main event, he's got the best cheer in the world already locked and loaded. The word yes. Which led to probably the greatest WrestleMania moment of the modern era, which is Daniel Bryan pumping his fists in the air, holding a belt in each hand, chanting, yes, 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 ticker tape everywhere. Daniel Bryan kind of represents all of us. We don't always win. Sometimes the boss's son gets the promotion. Sometimes the girl goes back with her awful cheating ex. Sometimes you can do comedy for two or three decades and still have to remind people who you are, whoever it is. You can't help but love and relate to the underdog. And the ultimate underdog is Daniel Bryan. That's Asterios Kokonos. He's a comedian. He's got a new book out. It's called Toys for Cheat Catalog. The magic of toys will shut up your child. It's full of a bunch of dangerous and hilarious toys and is as fun to read as that premise makes it sound. And we'll have a link to where you can get a copy of that book on our show page at MaximumFun.org. So check that out. Now, after we do my special wrestler piece, we're going to follow it up with our thoughts on the superstar in question. Now, personally, I'll just say uh, I, I am a Daniel Bryan fan. I like his face work. I like his heel work. I think the tragedy of Daniel Bryan is after the greatest moment of his career, essentially it was over. And even though he came back to win the Intercontinental title, uh, was it a year later? It was, uh, it was over again. So I feel like as great a career as he had, the the ultimate tragedy of that character and the tragedy for a lot of underdogs is that we'll never know how great he could have been, you know. And that's that that's also what's intriguing about him is whether 
he would have been massively over and remained massively over, or whether the crowd would have soured on him as they do. You know, sometimes you give an audience what they want and they enjoy it for a little while and they realize that they enjoyed the chase more than they enjoyed the catch. So uh, what about you, Daniel? I love Daniel Bryan. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. Like that's always his career is going to be one. It's the it's the what if career, you know, like you can't like if it was a movie, this dude finally works all of his life, does the indies, gets over, gets WWE, gets fired, comes back, you know, gets himself over um, and then like has to retire because that thing that he does that he loves so much um messed his brain up now his brain don't work like that's i you know that's the unfortunate thing is like i don't think we're ever going to just be able to appreciate and enjoy daniel bryan without there also being that thing of like (sighs) you know that thing of like he loved something so much he gave his life to it he got a second to be on top like you know not because like what as soon as he won his dad died like he got a second a second to be like, well, we got like a night to like hang out with Brie Bella and, you know, have long sex, according to Total Bellas. <laughs> long sex. Long sex. According to Total Bellas, they don't do quickies. He likes okay, to like right. put some music on, light a candle, kiss up on his hot model wife. Stretch, probably. Yeah, oh, probably, especially now. Man. I think we actually, this is kind of crazy um, because I, you know, I go on the internet a lot for wrestling stuff just to see like behind the scenes and they don't show it on the show what song he plays but I have a clip of that Julian would you play that song please oh, okay. right <laughs> I think that's it I think that's yeah. also I heard that that candle. was the song that dog Josie's around licking their toes <laughs> that's a weird scene but get out of here Josie now, it's time for mommy and daddy <laughs> to take some bumps. <laughs> oh, Mike, Jesus. what do you think of Daniel Bryan? Um, I think Daniel Bryan. <laughs> you do think he's a mouse? I do. I do. But you know, that's that's funny because that's almost exactly what I want to speak to. Um, I think Daniel Bryan has a unique distinction of being the very last person to have gotten over for real in in modern WWE. I don't think there's been a person since who's really actually gotten over. Um, the thing I think that's interesting, though, and it speaks to the question uh, that you were saying, Hal, about what if, what, what would it have been if we had allowed, or if his body had allowed him to continue and we were able to see what was going to happen with him in his career progression. And I can remember when he would come back and, and the WWE... Um, was also wasting a lot of time with him. They'd put him in these weird, you know, uh, Wyatt family kind of distractions away from the title and things like that. But when they did bring him back out to put him back on top or near the top or establish his singles push again, I was noticing that he would come out and get the big reaction and more and more while he was cutting promos or, or pushing for whatever issue he was involved in, the crowd would you know, die down some. He started to lose people a little bit. And I think that what was happening was he, you know, he would come out there with the yeses and everybody would be hyped. And then he'd start talking and then, you know, he'd be smiling a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, he'd be kind of smarky and, and witty. 
But that's not really what got him over. What got him over was being a monster. What got him over was when he was tagging with Kane. <laughs> exactly. It takes a monster to make a monster, apparently. Um, but what got him over was them screaming at each other. And Daniel Bryan being so all about proving that he was the best, that he would come out there like a maniac. He would come out there like drooling and, and huffing and puffing and not playing to the crowd. I mean, he would, you know, yes, a little bit, but he'd get in the ring and it was all business. And I feel like that intensity started to get lost once he actually got a hold of the belt. And that's the the challenge that WWE babyfaces always face. Like you say, in a chase, it's all about that intensity. It's all about that energy. But when they get it and they put the foot on the brake and all of a sudden it's smiling, everybody's all happy. And the crowd, I don't think, stays into that very long. And I think they have to kind of find a way to keep an edge on a baby face even after they've yeah. gotten the title. You got to keep challenging your heroes. Yeah. yeah. Like, because if he just wins the belt and then he's just the dude with the belt, then we've reached happily ever after. Now what? Now what? You've got to keep, you know, it, it's not it's not so much a movie as it is like a week by week thing. Like there has to continue to be challenges for them you know one day maybe maybe if somebody somebody like daniel bryan gets over again next time it's just like well you win this match you win the company you know (laughs) you get this you get this match you get to marry vince i don't know well i hope that doesn't happen daniel bryan no doubt a hero to us all whose career was cut much too short after a break we're going to be sharing our three great things from the world of wrestling that should fill that daniel bryan sized hole in your heart you're listening to Tights and Fights. The first ever Chicago Podcast Festival is just around the corner. Don't miss your shot to catch Max Fun's own Bullseye, Lady to Lady, and Minority Corner performing live for your entertainment. Split Single was just added to the Bullseye lineup in addition to the previously announced and amazing Dwayne Kennedy and Andre Royo. Bullseye and Lady to Lady are November 17th, and Minority Corner is November 18th. Visit MaximumFun.org and peep the live shows column on the right side to grab your tickets right now before time runs out. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me in the booth are... Danielle Redford. And... Michael the Patriot Eagle. <laughs> Somebody had to be. Yeah. It's time for the three count. Oh, man. This is where we share three things from the world of wrestling that we think deserve your attention. Danielle, kick us off. What do you want to put over? Um, well, I mean, everybody knows what I'm putting over. Like, as no, there's no one that's going to be surprised when I say that I'm putting over that Smack moment. Down. That How? <laughs> this... Today's supposed to be about coming together. You're right. <laughs> and, You're right. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I'm putting I'm putting over uh, um, I'm putting over uh, Sasha and Bailey uh, being cute and making me think of them making out, uh, which is a thing that I can say. Please don't say it in my mentions. <laughs> Please don't. You don't have to. Don't can, draw. Don't draw any pictures. Yeah, you can think it. <laughs> you can think it real loud. I'll get it. I'll get it if you think it. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna put over that moment where uh, Sasha was really cute and put her arms around Bailey and their mouths were really close and then Bailey's sunglasses fell off like it was a cartoon animal that just <laughs> discovered love and then she uh, waved herself down. Listen, I don't need an alternate because it's gonna take a lot more than a couple of tables. Will you be 
I ship it. <laughs> Do it. Be the kind of best friends that are also like best friends. Yeah. Do that thing. Wink, wink, wink three times at me if you guys are actually dating. <laughs> all the all the lesbians, all the lesbians, all of us queer ladies. Yeah. All of us hanging out on the internet, just just having hope. All the queer ladies, all, all the, the queer, queer ladies, ladies, all the queer ladies, all the queer ladies. <laughs> We're watching Sasha. Mike, what do you want to put over? Uh, you know me. I listen to too many wrestling podcasts. Um, you don't. You got me hooked, and I can't. I I hate that every that I can't listen to a new one all the time because that sometimes the listings there are two that I have to listen to all the time. But sorry, go ahead. I'm putting over Kurt Angle's appearance on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast this last week. He had a very very honest and frank discussion about his career and the part that not a lot of us know about, which was. Uh, when he developed a really extremely intense painkiller addiction where at the height of it, he was taking upwards of 65 Vicodins a day. Damn, dude. He was putting handfuls of 15 in his mouth and chewing them all day long. Intensity, integrity, and intoxication. <laughs> God damn, that's so many, that's so many Vicodins. Oh my God. And so, you know, he talked about. How uh, was the pooping? Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You yeah. know, like, one... like a, like a pediatrician. <laughs> How are your BMs? <laughs> Did you I make was... a good one? <laughs> I mean, I was hit by a bus. I've had to take pills before. Yeah. And every time it's like, my poop's weird. Yeah. Can you imagine taking just 15 and crunching them? He probably has not taken a smooth poop since 2004. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, just walking around, just walking around farting? Yeah, man. It's, oh. it's, all, it's all bad in his guts. It's, it's all bad. It's all bad. Um, but yeah, he... His guts. <laughs> His guts. His guts. His guts. You know, I was thinking too, though, um, and you got to listen to it because he tells the whole story of it and, and, and through WWE and TNA and all that, and it's amazing. I was thinking he's got to be the downloadable character in 2K18 next year. It's got to be him. Yeah. And that makes me so happy because when that goddamn music plays and he walks out on a WWE television show, I will have my mark out moment for this decade. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's time. Like he first of all, he needs to stop wrestling because he doesn't have a lot of body parts. Yo, I can't even name how many body parts he ain't got. He broke his neck four times. Oh, yeah. He discusses that's crazy. each time. It, it's incredible. Incredible. I mean, yeah, that's why you take handfuls of poops. <laughs> I hope his next book is just a catalog of all of his poops. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody poops, but mostly just Kurt Angle. <laughs> I take like It's two... poo. It's poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's damn poo. It's damn poo. <laughs> Let's hear a clip. Let's hear a clip. I was always thinking about how do I get back? Uh, what's the quickest way I can get back? And 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 I chose neck surgeries that were literally that uh, only took me one day to uh, heal up. Uh, not that not that I was a hundred percent, but the doctor literally said, "Listen, you're gonna have neck surgery today. Tomorrow you can go in the gym and start working out again." And it was like, okay, that's great. And uh, oh. he didn't give me any limitations. So not, and, he's not asking the hard-hitting questions. You gotta, no. <laughs> you gotta come to Tyson fights if you want it. That's right. Kurt, you have an open invitation to come on here and talk about your movements whenever you want. <laughs> safe space, Kurt. Safe space. <laughs> yeah, it's completely safe. We're not going to draw it or anything. And neither are fans. All right. Here's what I want to put over. Look, it's been a rough, rough 48 hours. And... Uh, I don't, I'll tell you one thing I don't want. I don't want anyone getting political at me on Twitter 
on Facebook. I get it. We're all hurting. So what I'm putting over on this show, something that that uh, makes me happy, and I hope will make you happy. This is a classic WCW bit, guys. And if you don't know a lot about the Big Bad Booty Daddy, oh yeah, Scott Steiner, give me that chain mail. Yes, oh, I'm gonna tell Scotty. you right now. His favorite word is "huh." <laughs> he's not very good at talking. He's great at push-ups. He's also very good at math. Uh, he's yeah. amazing he's, at, at like 40 oh, tweets in a row. Math oh, whiz. when he was at his best, Whew. when he was just tweeting for three days without a break or a shower. Oh, yeah. it was fantastic. <laughs> but the human bicep has a weakness not a lot of people know about. He has trouble with waterfowl. Uh, and here's a brief clip to illustrate that. <laughs> Roll it, Julian. Now, I, I I have to say I don't have a ton of context to this, but I've got to believe this is somewhere near the end because, like Lord of the Flies, you got the announcement going, yeah, get that duck, Scott Steiner, yeah. get it, get that duck. We hate ducks too. Quacking and running around, your noises don't echo, you bastards, and get off my bread, duck, duck, that duck. duck. <laughs> So oh, that's going to do it for this week on Tights and Fights. Can I put you guys over? Yes. Oh, we can put you over, yeah, too. We, we can all play each other over. All play each other over. And Julian and Corgi and Julian. gifts. Oh, and a lot of red panda gifts. A lot of red panda oh, gifts. And Jay. Jay, we'll put you over, too, Jay. we put you over, Hi, too, Jay. Jay. Hi, Look, Jay. Hi, Jay. I promise you this, America and the world. I'm going to get serious for a second. Is it okay if I do this? Who knows? Maybe it'll get edited out. Maybe not. Look, we have just elected as a country the first WWE Hall of Famer to the office of president. It's a nightmare. Look, the guy can't even sell sell a stunner. It's terrible. His hair flops all over the place. Find the gif. But we're going to get through this. Mm. If we could get through the gobbledygooker, (laughs) if we could get through Nathan Jones, if we could get through T.L. Hopper and the Shockmaster, and that damn duck that's just a thorn in Scott Steiner's side we will get through this I promise alright I'm down off the soapbox that does it for this week on Tights and Fights we are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle along with me Hal Lublin our producer and occasional voice from the outside is Julian Burrell Mike Eagle is also the voice behind our theme music so we're going to put him over for that Ooh. forever <laughs> Thanks to Asterios Coconos for sharing a special wrestler. Hey, if you're going to be in Chicago on February 11th, come see us in Chicago at Very, Very Fun Day. We'll be there along with all sorts of other great Max Fun podcasts like Judge John Hodgman, The Flophouse, and tons more. Details are at MaximumFun.org slash Very, Very Fun Day. Hey, remember to tell all your fellow Marks about the podcast and to give us a kind review on iTunes. Listeners joining us on our social media pages keep growing every week. And if you want in on the fun, just head to Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights or at Tights Fights on Twitter or both if you're a completist. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.